Hello and welcome to the Create with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Hutton. I'm a business coach and a virtual assistant, and I am on a mission to help you create a life by your own design. I want to inspire and empower you to transform not only your bank account, but your life from the inside out. Inside the Create with Confidence podcast, we will dive into all things creating a career online. From mindset to marketing, you'll hear thought-provoking stories and conversations that will make you feel seen, that will challenge you and give you ideas, inspiration, and strategies around building a business, social media, confidence, sales, self-belief, content creation, working with clients, and so much more. I want you to leave this podcast with the strategy around how to create a life-first business and lifestyle, the mindset that will help you believe that your biggest dreams are possible for you, and the confidence so that you can take those action steps and make it a reality for you. Welcome to the podcast. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Create with Confidence podcast. Inside this week's episode, I wanted to talk about client red flags. Now, as a virtual assistant who has been in business for the last few years, I have had my fair share of nightmare clients. And usually those clients will show a warning sign or a red flag that may indicate that working with them may be challenging. And this usually presents pretty early on. So today's episode, I wanted to use it kind of as a warning for you so that you can keep these signs in the back of your mind and you can actively look for them in the early stages of engaging with a new client. So in emails and especially in your discovery calls. So the first red flag and probably the most common cause of how nightmare clients come to be is having unrealistic expectations. Now, let's be clear. Having high expectations is not inherently a bad thing. In fact, it can often push you to deliver your best work and exceed your own limitations. But when a client's expectation becomes completely detached from reality, and we've all been there, if they expect you to deliver the impossible with an unreasonable time frame, it can be a huge red flag. So it's really important to set those realistic expectations from the beginning and have open communication. That's going to be a theme of today's episode is clear, open, honest communication, because you want to make sure that you're both on the same page. So what do I mean by unrealistic expectations? Well, I want you to imagine a client who expects you to design and develop an entire website in just a couple of days, including custom features, a new custom theme, complex e-commerce integration, all that kind of stuff, right? Or I want you to maybe think about a client who believes that a social media campaign can completely instantly skyrocket their brand to viral fame overnight. You know, these kinds of expectations, and we see them day in, day out as online service providers, they're not only unrealistic, but they can be super detrimental to both you and the client. Because when the clients expect the impossible within, you know, that unreasonable time frame, it puts so much extra pressure on you. And that can obviously lead you to overworking, burnout, and at the end of the day, it's still never meeting their expectations. So setting realistic expectations from the beginning is vital if you want to have a successful client relationship. During the initial discovery call, that's where the first part of your open and honest communication really needs to start. This is where you need to be talking about what actually can be achieved within a given time frame and a given budget. So this is where your expertise as a freelancer comes into play. As the virtual assistant or the social media manager or the graphic designer, it is your responsibility to guide the client. You need to be educating them about what is actually possible and what isn't. You need to be explaining the process, outlining the steps that are involved and actually provide that realistic timeframe because a lot of the time there's extra steps involved that they hadn't thought about. You know, it's our job. We are the expert to make things look easier than it actually is. So you need to 
actually help them and guide them through the process. And this step by you communicating with them really clearly is going to help manage their expectations down the line. It's going to ensure that both of you are on the same page. Now, in some cases, clients may have unrealistic expectations due to that lack of knowledge or understanding about the process, like I just mentioned. They might have seen, you know, a seemingly simple logo or they've seen a sleek website and they assume that it can be replicated quickly and easily. I mean, at the end of the day, that's a sign of how you know you've done a really good job because if it looks easier than it is, you know, I often say that when I was in my photography days, you know, people say, oh, I've got a phone. I can take a good photo. It's like, it's not the phone that's going to do it, right? It's the same principle can be applied across graphic design, virtual assistant work, whatever, right? If you're making it look easier than it is, you are doing a good job. So that's where it comes in, where you can explain as the expert, educate them about actually what goes into it, you know, the complexity that's involved in your work. You know, the analogy goes, it costs $100 to cut the wire, but only $1 of that is actually cutting the wire. The other 99 is what it takes to actually learn which wire to cut in the first place. That's what you're paying. You're paying for the knowledge and the expertise and the experience. So keep that in mind. You're the expert. They want to work with you to achieve their goals, but they're not the expert here. They know their business better than you, sure, but it's your job to guide them and tell them yes or no, it can be done within that time frame. And I am specifically talking to the people pleasers listening here. I have fallen into this trap. I'm a recovering people pleaser myself, so I know how easy it is to just say yes because you don't want to disappoint. You need the client. So you say yes, even though you know you're going to be overworking or that you can't do it in that time frame, but you just don't want to disappoint them. And so you, tr- you say, yes, okay, I'll try. But at the end, all that happens is both parties end up annoyed. You end up annoyed and disappointed because they don't see the value. They don't recognize the extra work that it's taken, you know, the late nights, the skipped parties, the, you know, not hanging out with your family and friends on the weekends or whatever, right? They don't see all of the behind the scenes stuff to get it done. And they are feeling let down because you said you could do it in that time frame, and now you can't, or it's not up to the standard that they had expected. So take the time to explain the various stages of the project, the research, the design steps, the development process, the necessary revisions, all that kind of stuff. Help the client understand the value of the time and the effort that you're investing in their project because you want to exceed their expectations. And sometimes that means saying, no, I can't do it in a week, but I could have it done in two. Even though you know that if you really pushed yourself, you could have done it in one. And then imagine that, right? If you were in a position where you said, I can't do it in one week, but I can do it in two, and then you actually ended up doing it in eight days, that's going to feel so good. They're going to feel so happy because you've done it sooner than they were expecting and you didn't need to burn yourself out doing it because you were able to take you know that extra day rather than that week, right? Rather than you saying, yeah, okay, I'll try and do it in that week. I'll try and get it done. And then you're hustling, 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 and it still takes you like eight days to do it, let's say. And then they're feeling disappointed because you told them that they would have it the day before. So that's why you want to exceed their expectations. If it means saying and giving yourself you need a little bit of extra buffer time, do that. You will be so happier with the result and they will too, okay? I'm going to talk about this and probably use this same sentence so many times for this episode, but communication is key, all right? Because I want to reiterate that. That really is kind of the main reason as to why red flags come about and why not many clients come about is because it's not only just a client, you know, it's your job too. Both of you need to have really clear communication. So I want you to encourage your clients to ask questions, address their concerns that they're going to have and be really transparent about 
A, what you're capable of doing, and B, what are your limitations? This is going to foster trust, build trust, and help avoid those misunderstandings and those miscommunications down the line. Now, the second red flag that I want to talk about is when a client doesn't respect your boundaries, and these kind of go hand in hand. They tie in really well. You tell them, I'll have it done by X time frame, and then they say, oh, is there any chance you can have it done sooner? I really need it by this day. You say, yeah, okay, sure. And now you're no longer working in alignment. You're working on the weekends to get it done. You're skipping your lunch. You stop working out to get more done. You're getting texts at 11 p.m. at night. And so on and so forth, right? There's so, I could <laughs> come up with a million examples here, right? Without these clear boundaries and communicating them to set the expectations, your clients are just going to keep expecting more. They're going to keep taking advantage of the fact that you keep saying yes. They're going to continue to disrespect your boundaries unless you establish them and stand by them yourself. As an online service provider, this is essential. If you want to maintain a healthy work-life balance and deliver your best results, you need to have really firm boundaries because I always talk about creating a life first business, right? We're out here creating businesses around our lives, not the other way around. So if this is a habit that you keep falling into, this is your reminder that if you want that freedom, you need to stand by your boundaries and not let people walk all over you. You deserve more respect than that. And we both know that when you're bending your boundaries, you're not creating the best work in that state anyway. And so not only do you deserve better than clients who disrespect you, but your clients also deserve your best work. They're hiring you for your expertise and for all of the value you provide. So you need to give that to them. Now, we've all been in a situation where there's you know, a time frame for completing a project, but it gets pushed out. Now, sometimes it's pushed out by unrealistic expectations being set and you not being able to meet them. But sometimes it's also by the client pushing it out. Maybe they need further revisions. You know, let's say you're a designer. They need it by X date. And then the day before it's supposed to be due, they've asked for 43 different revisions. And you're like, I can't do it in that time frame. It's not going to happen. You're not going to have it by that time. Maybe you're a social media manager. Your posts are supposed to go out at X date. Your client hasn't approved the content. And so it doesn't go out. And you say, well, it's going to have to get pushed back. Even the other day, I had a client. Now I'm helping her with her podcast launch. Now I say the other day, this was like probably a couple of months ago. Anyway, we had a date set for her launch. Now it was supposed to be on a Monday, but as it was approaching, there was still so many things that I needed from her in order to actually launch on that day. Now the original date, the original expectation was fine. Okay. But there's always delays. And sometimes you don't realize what actually needs to go into the process along the way. And so One of my boundaries was that I don't do client work on Fridays and it was currently getting to that Friday. And on this particular weekend, I was going away. Now I don't do work on the weekends and nor on, I don't do client work on Fridays. And so this particular weekend I was going away and she messaged me on the Friday morning as I was packing to go away. There was all of these things that she had done and she was like, here they are. They're ready for the launch on Monday. I need you to do X, Y, and Z to kind of get it all ready. And I was sitting there, I stopped packing and I was like, okay, what should I do? Should I just do it? It's going to take me probably four hours, half a day. I could just leave later and go away later. Maybe I should just do it. Like it's easier to just do it than it is to feel really uncomfortable and say, well, actually, as I told you, like I don't work on Fridays and the launch date's going to have to get pushed back. Like that was such an uncomfortable conversation that I was like not wanting to have, right? And so I was sitting there and I was thinking like, oh, what do I do? And I remembered the reason why I said I don't do client work on Fridays was because of this exact reason. If I wanted to go away for the weekend, 
I didn't want to leave later in the day. I wanted to leave earlier and skip traffic. And so as awkward as an uncomfortable it was to tell her like, I'm sorry, but hey, like I can't do it. Like I don't work on Fridays. You know, I did tell you this in your welcome document. So this is just a reminder. I'm not going to be able to do it until I get back on Monday. And so therefore we're going to have to push your launch date back. And that was so scary because I was like, oh, you know, like if I had just done it, it'd be done in time. And then I'm keeping the client happy. But at the end of the day, I built a business around my life. I want to be able to go away. I don't want to have to sacrifice the extra four hours bending my boundaries because the client wasn't organized in the first place. And so I had the conversation and you know what she said? She was like, you're right. You did tell me it's my fault that it was late because I didn't get it to you in time. I'll push the launch date back until Tuesday so that we can get it done on Monday when you're back and then it can go out the following day. Thank you so much for reminding me. I'm so sorry for asking you on your day off. I hope you have a wonderful weekend away. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was so shocked. I was not expecting that response. And I'm not saying that every client is going to have that response either. Like setting your boundaries is going to be hard and it's going to ha- have some hard conversations around it. But if you don't tell them, you don't give them the opportunity to actually be really great about it. And so when I say, you know, these are red flags to look out for, I don't mean that, you know, it's going to necessarily mean that they're a nightmare client, you know, you can turn things around. And that's exactly what happened with this. So it just means that if you're not addressing these things, they're going to get progressively worse if you don't put them in place and they could turn into that. So when these things arise, it really is a fork in the road and you need to choose who are you going to respect more? Are you going to respect yourself and the reasons of to why you started your business or are you going to try and people please and just make everybody happy and sacrifice yourself along the way? At the end of the day, like the lack of respect for your boundaries can obviously manifest in so many different ways. It could be in revisions, approvals, you know, but it could be in like unpaid invoices, contacting you at crazy hours, like bombarding you with last minute demands, expecting immediate responses or asking you to sacrifice your time and money and energy so that you can accommodate their requests. And when this becomes like a regular occurrence, it can create a huge cycle of stress and burnout that affects both of you. And ultimately, this is going to affect the quality of your work and your professional relationship with them too. So in the beginning, either in the discovery call or in a welcome document, you need to have a section that outlines and communicates your boundaries to these clients from the beginning. You need to be talking about like your expectations regarding your availability, preferred modes of communication, working hours, you know, are there any late fees if you don't pay on time? Is there any fees for last minute work, weekend work, working on public holidays? If you don't work on weekends, make that really clear. If you need a certain amount of notice for urgent requests, make that really clear. You know, by setting these expectations up front and from the very beginning, you provide the clients with a a very clear baseline. Like they understand what they can expect from you and how they can respect your time and space. Because the thing is, if you've never told them that you don't work on Fridays, How are they supposed to know? So give them clear boundaries and ensure that you stick to them. Because if you said you don't work on Fridays and then you bend your boundaries and you do, don't then get annoyed when they ask you to do it again the following week. You can't blow up and say in your welcome document, I said I don't work Fridays. It's the second time you've asked me. I did it last time, but I'm not doing it this time. It's like, well, you did it last time. So why can't you do it this time? Do you know what I mean? You open yourself up to just even more complications happening. So Your actions speak louder than your words. Stick to your own boundaries. Have respect for yourself. And if you have told them, then, you know, there is a chance that 
they've forgotten, right? So don't just assume naturally that they're trying to take advantage of you. You know, so yeah, sure, sometimes they're trying to be a little bit cheeky and, you know, they're trying to say, oh, can you can you do it? Like quickly, we're taking long. You know, sometimes they just try, you know, they try their luck. And if you don't ask, you don't get. But you need to ensure that you stick with them. Kindly remind them, hey, like these aren't the agreed upon terms and this is the impact. Like I'm going away this weekend, so therefore I can't. And this is why I don't work on Friday, so I can go, you know, those things is going to help really reinforce the importance of respecting boundaries and sets the tone for the healthy working relationship. And at the end of the day, you should have aligned values. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So I like to give my clients a benefit of that. A lot of the time, they don't realize that they're bending them and they don't realize the impact that it has. And so when you explain why you do have those boundaries in place, most of the clients are going to understand they're being more mindful, especially if you're an aligned client. And if they don't see it or they keep doing it, even after you've reminded them, well, maybe it's time to reevaluate that relationship and maybe they're not an aligned fit. Now, the third red flag is when you find yourself constantly trying to convince a client of your value. As a skilled professional, you bring a wealth of expertise, knowledge and talent to the table. So much value. It is so crucial that you are working with clients who recognize and appreciate you for the work that you are providing. However, we've all been in a situation when you have a client, maybe it's been in your nine to five, maybe it's a boss or a manager or a coworker, when somebody is constantly undermining your expertise or they fail to acknowledge the value you bring to their project. And if you have any clients like that, that's a huge red flag. Sometimes you can't avoid it. You know, if they're your boss or they're a coworker, you know, you can't avoid it. But you're a business owner. You can avoid it if people make you feel like shit. Okay. So let's imagine a scenario. Let's use graphic designer as an example. You have years of experience. You've got a huge portfolio filled with so many successful projects and huge clients. And yet you've just taken on a new client and they question every single design decision you've made. They suggest endless revisions without valid reasoning, or they're devaluing your work by comparing it to maybe a low cost alternative. How are you going to feel? These things are so demoralizing. They make you feel crap and they actually hinder your ability to deliver your best work because you start resenting them. So while it is also important to like educate your clients about your creative process and the value you provide, and we did obviously speak about that in, you know, bringing up their expectations and, you know, things like that, you do not have to justify and continuously justify your worth. And there is a difference and you can feel the difference as well in the communication and in the conversation you're having with them. If it feels like they're putting you down, that is not a vibe. And this goes for anything, your prices, the quality, the deliverables you're doing. You are enough. You are enough. And I say this speaking directly to the person who severely struggles with self-belief right now, to the person who lowers their prices, who constantly does more hours than they're being paid for, for the people who always go above and beyond without recognition. I have been in your place. And that's why I say this very clearly. You are enough. You do not need to justify When you're faced with this red flag, I want you to really evaluate the client's understanding of your expertise and their willingness to trust your judgment. Because healthy client relationships are built on mutual respect. They're built on trust and they're built on confidence. They shouldn't have to micromanage. They shouldn't have to be constantly questioning you and, you know, judging you and, you know, just undermining you all the time. And if they are, maybe it's because they don't trust you. Maybe it's because they don't know. All right. I've worked with clients. I've worked, you know, in my nine to five with bosses who question everything where I was like constantly going above and beyond to try and please them. And I could never meet their expectations. They were always nitpicking over everything. 
And now I take on clients who completely trust me and I do the bare minimum and people go, wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And I feel like that we obviously spoke about expectations, but that comes from setting the expectations initially and then exceeding them. So having clients who really value you also makes you feel really more motivated to actually keep going as well, because who wants to work for somebody who makes them feel like crap? Not me. Not you, hopefully not you. And so to avoid yourself finding yourself in that situation, communicate your expertise and your value from the outset. They need to trust you before they work with you, okay? And that sort of comes from pitching yourself and, you know, presenting yourself in the best possible way, like a proposal, not like a cold spammy pitch, right? So a proposal that shows your amazing portfolio, that shows the transformation people have actually got from working with you right that highlights the impact and highlights the value you have right and you can obviously do that even beforehand a lot of the time trust is built beforehand so that comes into your marketing into the frequently asked questions that you're providing into the blog posts the social posts all that kind of stuff right present that you are an authority and that's going to build that trust and have them trusting you before you even start working together and that's going to help you avoid people who do this kind of crap now the fourth red flag revolves around money specifically if a client refuses to pay a deposit up front now i always suggest charging at the very least a deposit payment up front but you might want to charge a full month in advance you might just say yeah deposit is enough let's go with like 20 percent, so it at least covers your expenses you might say actually i want 50 percent, so that my work is covered too you might go actually let's just go with a simple dollar amount because the full amount might fluctuate and I don't know what the end amount is going to be, right? So you might just have, hey, let's just like do a $100 deposit, okay? At the end of the day, the price and however much you're charging as a deposit, it doesn't really matter. But I suggest that you do charge a deposit because it sets a very clear boundary that you expect to be paid. And it's a form of security as well for both parties, right? So that way it ensures that you're compensated for your time and effort and it ensures that you also hold their space for your programs or for your services. If a client is hesitant to pay the deposit or they just like outright refuse, like, no, I'm not paying it. Sure, maybe they've been burnt in the past, but it also could be a sign that they don't value your work or that they're potentially unreliable when it comes to future payments. So tread carefully around this area because everybody charges a deposit. So you are well within your right to charge a deposit. It's your business. If they want to work with you, that's just how it is. Now, the deposit also signifies the client's seriousness about what they actually believe is possible. It's them putting their money where their mouth is. So by requesting that deposit up front, not only do you show that, yes, they're committed and they're in, but it's also going to compensate you for your time and your effort that you're going to be putting into your work, especially because most payment processing system takes a really long time before the money ends up in your account. So I want you to think about it like this, right? You sign a client on whatever, you start the date on, let's say, the 1st of June, we're coming up to June, the 1st of June. By the time you then get the next payment, it's due, you send the invoice on the 1st of July, if it's a monthly retainer. Then they have two weeks to pay. So then they pay, let's say on like the 14th, the last day. Then it takes another two weeks. You're not getting paid until the 1st of August. That's eight weeks from when you started. If you're not charging a deposit, that's eight weeks of you doing work. And obviously you're probably doing work all throughout, you know, July and August as well without getting a single cent. 
And so that's why it's so, so important, especially like you have clients who just might not pay sometimes or they might pay late. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But that's why it's so crucial because you've got expenses to pay for. You've got software. You've got other maybe contractors and other costs that need to come out. And then you've got your personal costs. You've got your bills to pay your rent, your internet, your phone, all that kind of stuff. So charging a deposit is just going to help cover you until you are building up that monthly recurring revenue where they're actually paying you fully. So that's why it's really important to kind of have that open conversation with the client around your money expectations within that discovery call and before you've even signed them essentially as a client. And obviously you need to have a new contract, but we'll get to that in a second as well. But sometimes you might have people who do have reservations. So that's why in the discovery call, talk through your money expectations so that you understand their concerns and they also know where your boundaries are and they know what they're expected to pay when they're expected to pay so that they have time to work out, okay, well, I essentially have six weeks until I have to pay. That's a lot of time. If they can't, if they're committing now and then they can't hold up their end of the bargain, maybe they shouldn't be hiring somebody. And so deposit is always going to help avoid people who actually can't commit to that. And if they're feeling really uncomfortable, that's a sign that maybe you're going to have problems in the future when it comes to invoicing as well. Now, I always charge a deposit as well because I like I never used to when I started my business, but then I started having people who like didn't pay or paid late. And I was like, right, like I just, I can't do this anymore. If you can't pay me in eight weeks, like that's crazy. I shouldn't have to wait any longer. And so I charge a deposit now. And I say in the discovery call that like, The reason why I charge 50% upfront is because it scares people away who aren't ready to commit, who aren't able to afford my services or who aren't able to pay on time. And I say this specifically to the people on the call to hopefully scare them into paying on time as well. Because I explain it, I haven't had a single client who has refused to pay invoices or they actually don't even pay late. They always pay me on time. And it's because I set that boundary in the beginning. And now... Obviously, I'm not saying that if you charge a deposit, you're not going to have that. You still might, but you're going to have less people who do it because you've been really, really clear with what to expect. And it also helps to incentivize them as well, because that way they're able to actually split up that first payment. And so it's not as scary. I mean, if you want to charge up front, then they can't. But if you want to charge a deposit, it's like, right, well, you can split your first payment up 50% now, 50% when it's done. And then that way, there it's kind of like a middle ground for me i'm getting paid for my work but they're also not paying the full amount until they get the deliverables and so that's kind of how i see it working that's just what works for me find what works for you but i would highly recommend charging a deposit because a reliable client understands the importance of honoring their financial agreements they recognize that your work deserves compensation and so nine times out of ten they will pay on time especially if they're an ideal client Unpaid work, delayed payments, all those things can have severe consequences, not just on you, obviously, but on everything that flows down from you, on your bills, on your contractors, all that kind of stuff. And it obviously is going to affect your working relationship as well, because if people aren't paying on time, it just uh, leads to resentment, you know, so and uncomfortable conversations, all that kind of stuff. So as a creative entrepreneur, it's your job to establish payment terms and protect your business interests. So if you want to charge a deposit, you are well within your right to charge one and stand by it. If you want to charge a late fee, charge one. If you only want to give over the deliverables once it's been paid, do it. 
but just be really clear about it so that they know what to expect and always ensure that you get your agreement in writing. I said that I was going to touch on contracts and this is where it comes in. It's so, so, so important to have a contract because that is where it's in writing about you need to pay me X amount on X date. And if you don't, I'm going to charge you 5% each month until you pay it, or I'm going to charge you X amount per day until you pay it. Having those really clear things is in writing. You can refer to it and say, well, now you're not paying on time. This is why you need to pay that. And then you can go and get debt collectors. Now, hopefully it doesn't need to actually get to that point, but you are protected if it ever does. I also have a rule that is two strikes and you're out. I don't give three strikes anymore. I used to, and I needed to be very stricter with my boundaries. So when it comes to payments, I need to wait. I've got a small business. I live on my own in an apartment. I've got rent to pay. I've got bills to pay. I've got a team under me now. I have things that I need to pay out every month. And so if you can't afford to pay me within the eight weeks, I shouldn't need to wait any longer. Okay. I understand things happen, but that's why you get one chance. If you do not pay me, obviously, if you don't pay me at all, then that's an immediate cease of contract. But if you're a late payment, that's strike one. If you do it a second time, it's an immediate cease of our contract. And I'm very clear about that. It's in my contract. I couldn't really care less if you forgot. You've had six weeks essentially to think about it, to get it organized, to pay it. And I've sent follow-ups in that two weeks before it was due. So it's on you. And this is the second time. So I have that as a really clear boundary as well. And I would hopefully that you have the same respect for your own business, that you would set really clear boundaries around being paid as well. And obviously we're kind of going back and forth about boundaries and expectations, but I feel like they are all kind of intertwined and, you know, obviously charging a deposit and setting those really clear late fees and things like that are boundaries I set. And I know that it's working because it's helped me attract and retain clients now who pay me on time. I don't have these problems anymore. And yet when I started my business, it was the biggest stress causer in my business. And so if this is something that you're really struggling with, that's a huge red flag that needs to be addressed. Now, the last red flag is when you're not entirely sure if the client is a right fit for your services. Now, this is kind of a feeling vibe, okay? You need to trust your instincts. You need to evaluate whether the client actually agrees with your values, your goals, and your working style. Obviously, in the beginning, it can be really tempting to just take on any project that comes your way. It's important to remember, though, that not every client's going to be a right fit for your business. And I see this happen so often with virtual assistants, especially new ones, and I'm going to give you a pass if you're in the first six months of your business, okay? This may be not necessarily apply to you. But if you have spent, you know, your first six months just working with lots of different clients and seeing who's a good fit and seeing who's not, and now you know, it is your job to be really clear and to actually say no if they do not feel aligned to you, okay? And so... If you feel uneasy, if something's just not sitting right, if you just have like a gut feeling that like, "Mm, maybe it's not supposed to be, listen to that. Because ignoring your intuition can lead to so many, you know, more problems. It can lead to difficult clients, unfulfilling projects, you know, and best case, those things drain your energy. At worst case, it actually harms your reputation. So it's important to recognize that not every project or every client is going to be a perfect fit. And that's okay. So start being selective about the clients that you choose to work with. That's going to be a really key aspect of actually building a successful and fulfilling business. You've developed your foundation. You know your values. You know your working style. You know the clients that you vibe with. Do not go back on those. 
Start finding clients who actually match and who work and who are going to be the aligned client for you. Because at the end of the day, you started your business so that you had more freedom around who you could work with. You had more freedom around when you were working. And so are you now going to tell me that you're going to disregard all of that and you're going to work with that client who's not aligned purely because they're the one standing right in front of you? I hope not. Okay. You need to start looking a lot harder because a lot of your clients are out there. You just need to go out and find them, attract them and sign them instead. And sometimes it's easier. I get it. But the best clients will actually stay with you longer. You'll have better relationship and they'll attract more people to you. And so you're actually doing yourself a huge disservice by just looking at the ones right in front of you. Open up your vision. Look harder, look wider. Now, when it comes to evaluating the fit between yourself and a potential client, you do need to consider a few things. Firstly, does the client and the work that they want you to do actually align with your expertise? Are you confident that you can help them get the transformation you desire? Because if you can't, if it's not matching up and they want you to do something that you have no experience in, do not say yes. Now, the second thing is, does it align with your values and interests? Because if you're trying to move away from social media management, don't take on a client who wants you to spend five hours a week doing engagement. Instead, find a client who wants help with their email or podcast instead. And I had so many people who actually related to this. And the reason why I use that example is because when I hired for a social media manager position a couple of months ago, I had so many people come to me who were like, oh, I'm thinking about moving into teaching and coaching. And I had some people who were like, oh, eventually, like I want to move into podcasting and email. But like right now, there's obviously just like a lot of demand for social media. So I'm doing that, but it doesn't really bring me a lot of value. And I was like, then why are you doing it? Why are you on this call with me? Go out there and find somebody who wants you to help them with their emails. Go out and find somebody who wants to, you know, teach you how to be a coach, like all that kind of stuff. I was like, this is crazy. Your time is so much better spent doing those things. Imagine if you spent half an hour going out and finding those ideal clients rather than being on this call with me, you know? Not only is it not a great use of my time, but it's not a great use of your time because it's not going to get you to where you want to be. So be really clear about, you know, what are your values? What are your interests? Where do you want to go? Now, another thing is like, what are your personal values, right? If you're an animal enthusiast, you like super against animal cruelty and you, you know, you're a blog writer and you are approached by a makeup brand and you later find out that they actually do animal testing. What are you going to do? You know, does that align with your values? Obviously not. So how are you going to feel if you're writing blogs and you're contributing to a company who is doing that and actually going so far against your morals. Like it's not going to feel good. You're going to feel shit. You're going to feel guilty about yourself. So find clients who are aligned with your values and understand, like do your research on who these businesses are and what are they doing? What are their values? Because if you have clients, and I'm going to go back to the example I used about one of my values is like spending time with family and going away and like building a life first business. The client who I was doing the podcast launch for, that was her big thing. You know, she her podcast is literally called Zero Wasted Days. I highly recommend you check it out. And she's like, yeah, I totally agree. We don't do work if we want to go on holidays. And so if I didn't have her as a client, I had somebody else who was like, oh, like, I believe in hustle. You need to be working all the time. There's going to be a huge disconnect and they're not going to appreciate that I'm just like up and at him. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it on Friday because I got to go on holidays. So finding clients that actually align with your values are going to be really crucial into having a really easy and free-flowing, successful client relationship. And the other thing too is, do they actually resonate with your own business objectives? If their biggest goal is to like grow their following, go viral overnight, you know, and you're like, actually, 
we need to start focusing on like recognizable branding, turning your current followers into clients, then your goals aren't going to be aligned because you're not a growth expert. And doing engagement for however many hours a day to try and grow your following super quickly is not going to be an aligned thing for you. So evaluate and assess all those things. Listen to your gut though. That is the most important thing. Don't let your logic and your current struggles and your current circumstances let you say yes. If you know deep down, it should be a no. And you will know. Listen to your gut. And obviously, if you do have concerns, like it's important to just have an open and honest conversation with those potential clients so that you can understand like what are their needs what are their values what are your business goals ask them all these questions they should be able to answer them and once you know you'll be able to make that decision for yourself as a freelancer i want you to remember you have the power to choose your clients and your projects so by actively listening to your instincts being really selective about the clients you work with you will set yourself and your client up with success in the long run and it's better to invest your time and energy in projects that really excite you and clients who appreciate you and respect your work but you're not going to know that unless you have really clear communication from the get-go and so there you have it this has been a bit of a long episode but hopefully it's been helpful next week we've got a really exciting episode for you i'm really excited For the guest, we've got Maggie virtually coming on. We're going to be chatting all about TikTok next week. And I actually love sitting down with her and chatting. It was such a chill and fun conversation. So I hope you enjoyed that one, but I will see you in next week's episode. In the meantime, I hope you keep creating with confidence. Bye.